Welcome to On Aeon, a podcast featuring conversations between colleagues on, well, Aeon. This week, we hear from Christina Hopper about consumer trends and coverage through Aeon Affinity. And now, this week's host, Sheena Singh. Hi, everyone. My name is Sheena Singh. I've been a colleague at Aeon for five years. I'm a senior vice president for Aeon's National Healthcare Industry Vertical in the health solutions practice, and I'm excited to be back on Aeon. With me today, I'm really excited to have Christina Hopper. She's been at Aon for over 24 years, currently serves as president of the Consumer Solutions Group for Aon Affinity. Thanks for being here today, Christina. Thanks for having me. Well, let's get started with a warm-up question before we learn more about Aon Affinity. So, since you've been at um, Aon for over 24 years, I'd love for you to share, especially with our newer colleagues, what's one piece of career advice you'd give yourself if you were just entering the workplace today? Good question. Um, I think with the benefit of an extremely long career, when I look back on it, you know, you could arguably say it's been a random walk for me, um, both before I joined Aon and afterwards. But if I think about it more more holistically, um, you know, I see a pattern, right? I think where I've advanced my career has always started with doing what interests me, but keeping an eye on going where I'm needed. So when you see challenges in your organization or for your clients or for your industry, and they seem urgent, you know, I would say, raise your hand. It almost always increases your skills, increases your network, your experience base, and ultimately your recognition and your forward career movement. So, you know, you have to balance what is fascinating and what is necessary. And I think the two of those together, I think now with the benefit of hindsight, serve me pretty well. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Um, It definitely resonates with me. You got to get your hands dirty and get involved in a lot of different types of projects, I think, at the end of the day to really kind of see what you even want to do in the future and grow your professional career. So I think that's definitely great advice for our newer colleagues and probably others who have been in the business for a while, too. So, Christina, um, as you can imagine, uh, Aon has a lot of services and products that they offer. I'm always learning about something new that Aon is in the business of. So I think for the benefit of our listeners, it would be great to tell us a little bit more about what is Aon Affinity and tell us more about the services and the products and ultimately the clients that you serve. Sure. And I lead our consumer solutions group at Affinity. And but holistically, all of Affinity is really a group of professionals that specialize in industries and clients. So we're trying to uh, connect with customers and sponsors with the right product at the right time when they need it and in the right way with the right customer experience. And so to do that, we have to get very deep and specialized into the, the industries that we support. So for example, our people who work in our travel insurance practice are as knowledgeable about the travel industry, airlines and its distribution, cruise lines, et cetera, as they are about insurance. And it's the marriage of that industry specialization with the insurance expertise that, frankly, I think Affinity delivers very much across the board. In the consumer solutions group, um, we offer 
the uh, coverages for the things that are important to people. So travel um, insurance, wedding insurance, um, more far, you know, farther afield uh, pet insurance. Um, also, if you think about it, uh, professional liability. So for healthcare workers, we, uh, for nurses and doctors and counselors, we offer the liability insurance for them that they can purchase to protect their profession and generally their livelihood. Um, so our consumer solutions businesses um, serve the underbanked uh, with products that other people might be able to get from their employer or from their credit cards, but that segment isn't able to get. Um, so we, we think deeply about the industries and the, po- and the customers, and then we build products that they need. Yeah, that's great. I think that's a great way to explain it as well. And if there's one thing I can agree on is um, industry expertise and the marriage to the to the insurance expertise is critical, especially as I work in the healthcare industry vertical. I think that's so critical to us retaining clients and growing our business as well, for sure. So you've talked a little bit about some of the industries that you serve from a consumer solutions perspective. Um, Obviously, I think the elephant in the room is that um, COVID-19, I'm sure, has impacted a lot of what you think about in terms of protecting those industries and the products that they ultimately need. Can you talk a little bit more about some of the, um, the changing needs that you've seen with your industries or clients that you serve? Oh, sure. I mean, it's been a fun 18 months, um, but it has been also very interesting because it's um, the impacts in each of our consumer solutions business were very different. So the most obvious example would be in our travel business where we had customers who all of a sudden could not go on their vacations and had coverages through our sponsors, through our programs. They all needed help uh, urgently from their perspective because they had planned this wonderful family experience and they couldn't go. And so we spent the first parts of COVID really dealing with unbelievable volumes and trying to help customers at the moment of truth for the product. Um, That changed over time to helping our industry figure out how to get back to traveling safely and securely. Um, with different new products, products that specifically addressed COVID, um, processes that help them think about how they could increase demand and make customers feel more secure as they were thinking about starting to hit the road again. And then, and now, it's a little bit more about Delta, right? So now we're navigating together with clients and customers what does the Delta variant mean in terms of demand, in terms of people's um, desire to travel and their ability to travel safely? So it's been uh, really a series of events that have occurred over, over that time, but I've had other businesses where it's an entirely different dynamic at play. So healthcare would be another example. In healthcare, there was an amazing amount of activity where people could focus only on helping people in the hospital, nurses, um, counselors, physicians, any healthcare professional, pharmacists, they were all dealing with COVID. Um, But shortly thereafter, um, we started bringing, and the professions started bringing people out of retirement to help. And those people needed to think about where's my liability coverage. Then we had to stand up 
um, the healthcare industry stood up a, a, a national vaccination program at multiple points of distribution. Again, people needed to think about, and pharmacists, for example, what does their liability coverage look like? And so they were turning to us, even you know, counselors who were kept very busy by the close and intimate family uh, relationships that were going on in shelter and in place, counselors had to pivot on a dime to a telemedicine approach. That was a little bit different than what they were doing, and they perceived a need for more protection as a result. So different events, different impacts. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's a really great summary or recap of the fact that you had to be nimble with what you're um, serving to your clients, ultimately, because they were <laughs> anticipating all different types of, um, you know, circumstances. And I think that that's really what's critical here is understanding what what those needs are in that moment, but also anticipating what are they going to need in the future based on um, the, the changing needs and the rapidly changing environment. So I think that that I'm sure it was a journey over the last 18 months of, okay, what are we doing next to make sure that all of these industries are getting the protection that they ultimately need from a consumer perspective? So I thank you for all of that um, update in terms of your um, your approach to it. You did mention um, earlier, and I think this goes back to um uh, a pandemic trend that we saw uh, related to pets. Um You know, I know that from my uh, experience working with healthcare organizations, they love pet insurance. So I want to talk a little bit more about, obviously, um, how you guys serve the consumer perspective around pet insurance and sort of what were the trends you were seeing there? You know, and it's a classic example referring back to our last discussion. Here's what we thought was going to happen, but here's how agile we needed to be when it turned out that it was a little bit different. So, Uh, We initially thought that uh, our pet parents, and and we offer pet health insurance, uh, generally speaking, to protect families from having to make, you know, hard financial decisions about their furry family member. You know, you never want to not be able to treat a pet for an accident or illness because of cost. And that's, that's really what pet insurance delivers for customers. And so we thought, though, Uh, People's finances were going to be tighter. They were going to have to draw in, you know, and think about where they spent and that they would potentially not continue their coverage. In point of fact, what ended up happening was that people continued their coverage. um, And and we now know it's because if their finances were not uh, as clear and they didn't have a good view of what they were going to look like, They did not want to have to make that decision, and they were more worried about a catastrophic loss, not worried about a monthly premium, but worried about having to lose a family member because they couldn't afford it. So they retained the coverage. But they, on top of that then, um, people were home, and they decided to add a furry family member, right? Um, And that was entirely unexpected, I think, by the industry, but quickly uh, we all realized that this was something people wanted to add to their families. And so we ended up having uh, a tremendous number of new puppies. So pandemic puppy was really real and cats. I don't want to offend um, our cat folk, but um, I think puppies are a little more labor intensive. So that tended to be what people went with when they were sheltering in place. 
Yeah, and Christina, I think you hit on a great point there in that I don't think, you know, necessarily people um, think about all of their insurance needs proactively, right, of what are they going to need to protect themselves in the future for changing um, circumstances and and changing external environments that they can't really um, necessarily anticipate. But it sounds like, you know, you would think because of the financial impact, they would be less likely to buy insurance, but it's actually the opposite because they want to ultimately protect their investment, whether that's a a pet or it's their wedding or it's travel. I think ultimately, I think that's a really great takeaway from this. It's that we need to invest up front so that we can actually um, protect the the thing that we want in the long term to be um, ultimately, you know, valuable to us and make sure that it, that it, that we get a chance to preserve it. So I think that that's a really good takeaway from some of the sort of trends that you're seeing um, related to this industry. Yeah, I mean, I think when the circle got drawn tighter for people, when they pulled in while we dealt with COVID, they focused on what was really important to them. And what we discovered, and we always knew people wanted to protect themselves and protect their investment. But what was clear is that they wanted to protect what they cherish time with their family, uh, their ability to provide for their family through their profession, uh, their ability to have a warm home and include, um, you know, an animal companion in it, Um, their ability to travel to see family and friends. Those are things that people always do. They valued. um, But I think during COVID, they cherished it. And I think that's that's why we resonated and that's why the value proposition of the various products resonated with people so deeply even during COVID. Yeah, that's a great point. So in terms of the um, industries that you do work with, um, tell us a little bit more about which you think was impacted the most and why and which one do you think will recover the quickest? Well, you know, some never really had to recover, which was surprising. Uh, example, pet, as we as we just talked about, it really never needed to recover because it actually got a tailwind, pardon the pun, from uh, the pandemic puppy situation. Um, on the other hand, you know, travel was and still is challenging. Um, and then in the middle, I think there's a lot of, of uh, our businesses, whether it's our underbank segment um, or our debt cancellation support business. So where people were enrolled in credit card programs that protected them uh, if they couldn't pay their balance. You know, initially, uh, we had a number of people who lost their jobs during COVID. So not only, but it was a great opportunity for us to serve them at the moment of need and to validate the value proposition of that product for them. Um, and fundamentally, you know, you do see people who are being more prudent with what they spend. So perhaps those businesses, um, you know, are not growing the way they would, but really it's been a mixed bag because it's really specific to what the customer is thinking and what was going on with COVID during, during that particular time period. Cause we've had about 25 different phases of COVID as far as I can count. Yeah. And there's more coming, I'm sure. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So with all that being said, um, especially everything that's happened over the last 18 months, what do you think is a trend emerging from all of this that you think is here to stay? I think I mentioned, I think that people think about risk differently now. Um, I think 
if we go pre-COVID, risk was what am I worried about in my personal domain that I cannot control? And that leads to sort of a narrow view of where and when protection and what type of protection might be necessary. Um, And I think the trend now is that people think much more broadly about external risk factors that they they don't they don't know what they don't know. And I think COVID was a lesson in not knowing what we didn't know, but I know I don't want to have to be unprotected if that next thing happens. So I think that trend is, is, is definitively here to stay, at least for, you know, a number of years, um, not dissimilar to, you know, large-scale events that change people's perception of risk. This one is a, is a, is a doozy. So I think people have a different shift on that. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And I think that we're going to keep being nimble and agile in terms of the the resources <laughs> and the support that we provide to our clients ultimately. So it's an adventure. Um, there's been a lot of consumer trends coming out of COVID as, and also people taking on a lot of different types of hobbies. Some people baked banana bread. Obviously, some people got new pets. Um, they learned how to garden. I think I learned how to just sit still and not go out all the time. And that was that was an interesting experience. But for you, what hobby or activity have you enjoyed over the last 18 months? Um, so there's been a number of them. And, and actually, you know, when I think about it, the, the thing that I've enjoyed most, and, and it may be a function of a different perspective working from home, um, but the personal benefit I ended up getting out of COVID wasn't actually a new hobby. We certainly pursued probably everything my daughter saw on TikTok. Um, but it was the fact that I actually got to spend a lot of time. I have two teenagers. So this is normally the time of life where they expand their circle. They disconnect. You don't see them. They're running around doing their activities. Um, and the, the COVID experience brought us closer and it brought me to a different vantage point. And I'm able to see a lot more about how they're developing as people, um, what they're interested in, what their points of view are. So I'm getting to know them as people while they're turning into people. And I don't think I would have had that experience were it not for COVID. So, you know, I'm always looking for, I won't call them silver linings, given, given what happened. Um, but I will say there are benefits and, and that happened to be one for me. So I enjoy spending tremendous amounts of time with them. This has been a conversation on Aon and the impact of the pandemic on consumer trends and coverage. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this week's episode, tune in in two weeks for a discussion with Aon's Chief Medical Officer. To learn more about Aon, its colleagues, solutions, and news, check out our show notes and visit our website at aon.com.